everybody. Welcome to Football After Dark. This is our first Friday test. We're going to run a few new segments here. Right now, I'm just joined by uh, good old Corey. But we will, uh, we will be adding people as we go on this one. We got, we got the other two incoming. They will be here shortly. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a shorter episode. It's like today is just the... We're going to have uh, the Jebba report, which is going to go over the injuries for the week. We're going to um, react to some of the Thursday uh, things that happened on Thursday. We got some COVID news. And then and we're going to react to some games. Yeah, but then, and then yeah, the betting lines come up for yeah. this weekend's games. Yep. So let's kick this sucker off with new Jubby Report injury edition. Oof, ouch, oof, ouch, oof, ouch, oof, ouch, ouch, oof, ouch, oof, ouch, oof, ouch, oof, ouch, oof. Report. Is that how many injuries there are? There's a, the, list, the list here is long, okay? This is a really long list. Uh, I made like a, like a few like brief, short, quick, whippy jokes um, that are really terrible, and I hope you all hate it, and I hope you all hate me for doing this. I didn't want to make like any like crazy jokes, considering like these people are actually hurt. Right. So like That's most like, of this is like know. cringe. Throughout the week, Justin was like saying, I'm going to make some jokes. And I'm like, uh, these people are injured. I don't know if we want to joke about it. Yeah, no, the, the, the kind I'm of jokes gonna, I meant. I figured I'd just let Justin do his thing. I'm sure it'd be in good enough taste. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's most of it's just like wordplay. So let's have at it. Starting with the Atlanta Bird team. Buddha Baker hurt his thummy wum, so no playtime, sad face. Chris Banjo is a hammy, but thankfully, Greg Kazooie is active and ready to shoot eggs at receivers. DeAndre Hopkins twisted his ankle during the WAP dance and is questionable to play Sunday. Christian Kirk also got hurt doing the WAP, but he twisted his dick. From the Atlanta Bird team, Young Hoku kicked the ball too good and strained his pee-pee area. Doubtful for Sunday. Dante Fowler hurt Anki? May play? Calvin Ridley somehow fucked up both his ankle and calf. Don't ask me, bro. Because Falcons don't have receivers, Julio is questionable with an ankle boo-boo. So, uh, Cam Newton has COVID? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting that. It's coming up, buddy. We're in the chubby injury report right now. You just buckle the fuck up, motherfucker. Okay. From the Baltimore Bird team. LJ Fort got catapulted on the thigh. Still might play, though. Mario Addison got sucked into a painting. We're hoping Luigi Addison can save him before Sunday. On the bad football team that I hate, we got a McManus that isn't a kicker, doubtful with a hammy. On the Joe Burrow team, Logan Wilson hurt his head, out. Mike Daniels is cosplaying as a hurt elbow, out. On the other Ohio team, Greedy Williams took his greedy shoulder out, he's not playing. And how about them Cowboys? Not really too many notable injuries, but I don't know if they're going to win anyway, probably not. On the Detroit team, DJ Moore is a safety that couldn't keep his calf safe, he's out. On the New England Dude Bro team, Cameron Newton has been confirmed with COVID-19, um, making him uh, out and possibly delaying the game. 
Yeah, well, not just him. Apparently, one minute ago from Ian Rappaport, there was a positive test on the Chiefs' side as well. So, uh, Ooh. both teams have... Fucking Chiefs practice squad quarterback tested positive for COVID. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, there's a positive test on both sides. So, the game's definitely uh, rescheduled till Monday, maybe longer, question mark? Probably going to be longer. We saw how long we've had to react to the Titans game, and that got pushed back longer. And there's still there's still cases on the Titans coming out even today. There's three new cases. I think there's so 11 now? 13. There's 13 yeah. now. It's it's bad. I don't know. It's, it's starting to get out of hand pretty quick. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but it's it's this sucks. Yeah. It sucks real bad. On the Grumpy Pack Pack. Devontae Adams is in limited practice. I can't wait for him to come back so we have an actual receiver on the team. Speaking of not having receivers, Aaron's favorite, Alan Lazard, is out because who needs to catch balls at Green Bay? I mean, I don't know. MVS isn't. Shit. <laughs> on the Indy Horsefoot team, Michael Pittman Jr. just had surgery on his caffy. No timeline. He's he going to be out, out. He got, he got a surgery. On the Mustache Guy team from Jacksonville, Daniel Ekwale hurt his ankle. He's out. In John Gruden's playhouse, Henny Ruggs is unlikely to play. Big oofer. In the LA Bolt Dome, you don't have to worry about that hot, fresh, new face of QB getting hurt, but you might have to worry about him dying. All linemen Trey Turner and Mike B- and Brian Belaga are out. And Mike Williams is also out, catching more hammies than passes so far this season. In the L.A. Animal Dome, Cam Akers hurt his baby backs. Those are his ribs. So no play on the rising running back. The Vikings aren't allowed to have a backfield, so they're going to have two CBs out this weekend. That's great. You gotta, gotta love, you love to see that shit. They, they will never stop anybody ever again. Holy hell, the Saints. Hell no. Andrews Pete, Norris Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Davenport, Jared Cook, and Michael Thomas are all out. Sweet baby Jesus. Uh, with the way the Saints are playing, that uh, plus 140 line on the Detroit team looking pretty good. Yeah. Holy shit. On the blue New York team, Jabril Peppers cooked his ankle. He's pieced for the game. Philadelphia has no receivers or cornerbacks or any wins. The San Francisco 49ers are uh, not looking good. Manuel Mosley, Dre Greenslaw. The dude with Witherspoon is his last name. I don't know he played before. I don't know if I can... Raheem Mostert, Jimmy Garoppolo, D. Ford, and Jordan Reed. All out. Nick Mullins will still get them to win. The Seattle Bird Team. And Small Adams, Quinn Dunbar, Jordan Brooks, no play. No play at all. Russell Wilson carry them too. Not, nothing happened. Nick Mullins is on the same level now, you see. On the Tampa Bay Tom Brady team, 
Got Leonard Fournette out, who uh, I guess just the, you know, drinking more bone hurting juice. He can't stop chugging. He'll never stop chugging. Leonard Fournette? Yeah. Also, hi, everybody. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, uh, you're fine. We're going through the Jubby injury report. And you missed, like, the whole thing. No, you're good. Go ahead. And Chris Godwin's out with a ham-ham. <laughs> like, he's out? Like, he's not playing? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That is... I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be out. I just thought he was, like... Yeah, that was designated. Tell me when it was designated. As of October 2nd, so yesterday. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't really... Uh... I think that must have gotten lost in the whole Titans uh, outbreak news. Because I don't remember seeing that. I don't know. Uh, On the Washington football team, got Chase Young, Steve Sims Jr., Cole Holcomb, all out. Not like we're going to win anyway, but no scary line. Oh, and Terry McLaurin's questionable with a thigh injury. Give you a thigh injury, Terry. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, Matt's upset. And that is <sighs> it for the first W injury report. Uh, let me know how much you cringed. Um. Uh, well, now that football is going to be canceled soon, I cringed pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. It'll mostly hinge on what ends up happening with the rest of the Titans and the Patriots. Well, and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, the practice squad player. Yeah. Fucking practice squad player. What the hell were you doing? Matt just woke up and he's angry. I just woke up to this. Yeah, I'm literally still laying in bed. He mad. Big man. I'm mad. I'm mad too, though. Fuck this, dude. This sucks. It, it seemed like everything was going so well. Yeah, I don't know, like, how we went. It takes one person. I know it takes one person, but so far it's only been Cam, and it's only been uh, George, I don't know how to pronounce his name for the Chiefs, but. I don't understand. I don't understand how, like, 15 Titans players have it and zero Vikings players do. Um, Could have been after the game. Yeah. It could have been, like, remember, because they don't test on Sunday at all. Um, but if everybody didn't te- test the final Friday, or Saturday, I mean, and then, you know, they played Sunday. Did they travel? Didn't they travel to Minneapolis? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that could have been. I saw Tom Pelissaro, Pelissaro, he, tw- he works for NFL Network, he tweeted that the big, I guess you could say the the, the theory behind it is that um, while a lot of the Titans players have tested positive, a lot of the contact tracing technology that they use um, didn't deem any of the contact that the Titans had with the Vikings as a means to transmit the virus. Yeah. So a lot of it was just like, yeah, they played, but not a lot of the contact that was made between the Vikings players who have now been deemed positive and then the Vikings players was deemed the level of contact needed to transmit the virus. So it seems mm. like it's 
it seems like it's way easier to transmit the virus through like within a team rather than actually like playing it seems like at least so far oh that's fascinating you'd you'd figure it'd be much easier because they're all just like bashing into each other and shit you know um moving on from that do you guys have any thoughts on the jets game on thursday um might be the worst football might be the worst football game of all time sam Darnold got sacked six times I feel bad for him. <laughs> Do you feel bad? I, I, I mean, feel I, bad. I mean, you go to a really bad team, and then they're like, "We're gonna get rid of your coach for an even worse coach," and you're like, "Well, sure." He didn't throw any interceptions. No, he had that long. He had that long run, forty-six yard run. That was wild. That was like the best play of the game. Well, no, it wasn't because Jerry Judy had that really nice catch. Jerry Judy mossed a motherfucker, so he caught it off the guy's face. Mm-hmm. Sweet Isn't it baby. crazy that like that Brett Rippin dude? He looked so good for the first half. Like he was completing deep balls. He wasn't turning the ball over, and then just like randomly. In like every once in a while, in between the Jets committing personal fouls, because I think I think they committed about twenty in that yeah, game. It was bad. Um, yeah, it's it, every once in a while. It, it felt like the Jets were either committing a personal foul, or they were uh, they were they were getting a stop. Like Pierre Desir had yeah. that horrible. Yeah, that, yeah. He had that really good interception too. Oh, the toe drag one? Yeah. Oh, the toe drag one was was sick. You can't expect, like, half the wide receivers in the league to make that catch. I know, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that was really my only... <clears throat> my only takeaways from that game were, like, I feel bad for Sam Darnold. The Broncos are just devastated with injury. And I thought Gase was supposed to get fired when they lost. No, they said that he wasn't going to get fired regardless of the outcome of the game. I think they're waiting until the season's ended because. Well, that's New York for you, fucking idiots. I mean, there's no point to fire anybody throughout the season because how many times we've seen like one coach, interim coach, take over. Not even. We didn't even see one interim coach take over in the past few years, and it hasn't been good. I was going to say Brown's Kitchens, but he wasn't even the interim coach. Greg Williams was. But that still didn't even work out. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a move that does anything, really. Especially this season, you don't know where these other coaches have been. If you want to try to bring somebody in midseason, it's just not great. Yeah, I just have to eat shit this season. I'll get the first overall pick, though, I guess. Again, we get back to that point of are you taking Trevor Lawrence or are you getting an absolutely massive haul of picks for the first overall pick? Yeah, I don't know. So... Uh Anything, mm-hmm. Unless you guys have anything else to add about the Jets, I don't really have much. Both those teams suck. 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm not I have nothing I mean, to like, add. It's it's the, they're both pitiful right now. It's not good. <laughs> nothing to add. <laughs> All right, let's look forward then. All right. Uh, first game we got up is the Colts being favored by three points against Chicago. Hmm. Oh, where are you getting? Where are you getting the uh, the numbers? I guess I'm on ESPN. Okay. Just to, just to clarify where we're getting the numbers from. Yeah. So taking the Colts on that shit easy. Uh, that game started out as a pick 'em, and then it pushed to the to the Colts three. I, mm, I feel like. I feel like we're underestimating the uh, abilities of Big Dick Nick, and uh, I, I'm st- I would stay away from this game. But like, if I was gonna like do anything on it, I would take the Bears. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I would t- if it was a three, three. I would probably go with the Bears. Anything less, it would probably be Indy. This feels like uh, a one score game to me. By the way. These defenses are shockingly like both pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, especially Indianapolis. It shows that like the DeForest Buckner trade ended up like really, really paying dividends. And Xavier Rhodes is kind of having a, a resurgence. He's playing really well. So I I would not be surprised if this is a very low scoring in relative to what we've seen, I guess. Relatively low scoring, and I think if the game is low scoring. I I tend to f- to favor the team getting the points if it's if it's at least a field goal. So I think if I was to bet on this game, I would I would be taking Chicago. It's uh yeah for fifty dollars, I'm not gonna bet on Philip Rivers. No, in no a close game. <laughs> no, not in a close game. No. Uh, all right, next game. Uh, Bengals favored by two and a half against Jacksonville in Cincinnati. That's uh, forty-four point over forty-four point five point over under. I first off, you should be betting like every over that is under fifty points, just the way the season's gone. Uh, uh, especially against this team, where most it's mostly been offenses that have been keeping them in games. Right. Yeah, no, I would say, like, yeah, this is a game where I would say avoid the spread, but bet the over on it. I did bet the over in this game. Yeah. You have to bet the over in almost every game, like I said. And then, two, yeah, because of recency bias, you think Jacksonville's, like, quote-unquote bad or whatever, because they they got, okay, I mean, how do you, they got Fitzmagic, and we know it happens to every (laughs) team. It's happened. I liked it. I liked. Uh, I feel like I'm stealing way too much from Lufco anymore. But like, uh, you know, it, it's happened for your team or against your team at some point because of how many players of Fitzmagic has played for. Every now and again, he just has himself a day. Can't forget. Like Minshew has been playing extremely efficient. The, the Jaguars we thought were going to be a, a tanking team and. They certainly don't look like it. So the fact that they're underdogs against a team that hasn't won yet, you know, to win. And, and uh, if you can segue this a little bit, because there's an interesting stat where teams that have gone for a tie, teams that have gone for a tie the following week are ten and twenty against the spread. 
Wow. And so if you if you like segue that just so I don't have to like say that again, sorry. If you if you were to segue that into the Eagles game, it's even worse because the Eagles are the team on the road and the team on the road is like two and eighteen or something like that, or two and eleven or something like that. So like if you go for a tie and you're on the road, you're almost never gonna beat the spread. If you're the home team that went for a tie, you know, it's not as great, but not as bad. I think my only stance on this game would be I think the over is a really good play because both of these defenses are bad. And while I think there is a little bit of recency bias for Jacksonville, I will say Joe Burrow so far this season is three and zero against the spread. That is true. That is so true. He has kept every single game very close. So this is the first I think this is the first game they're favorited. So it's a little different because every single game up to this point, he's been catching points. Um, I and plus this is the this is by far the worst defense he's played. So. I definitely take the over, but if I had to pick a side, I think I think I'd still pick Cincinnati. I think they can win outright. I uh, I'm just excited to see. Two of my favorite young quarterbacks play against each other this week. Should be a good game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Next game, uh, we got Cleveland in Dallas, where Dallas is favored by four and a half, uh, 56 point line. Hmm. Does anyone have a, a, a feeling on this game? I mean, like, because of how bad the Dallas defense is, and the this Dallas defense is bad big bad 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 i feel like i i almost i as weird as it sounds i want to lean towards the under only because the browns are leaning into their running game and with how bad that dallas defense is they could control the clock and i think the game's going to be closer and i don't know i would pick the browns to outright win this game not even with points I think the Browns can beat the Cowboys just because of the way their team is built. If they, if the Browns can get some runs bounced to the outside, because as bad as the Dallas defense is, their defensive line is probably their strongest point. You don't want to be running right into that line 30 times a game. So if they can get some good outside looks uh, from Kareem Hunt or if Chubb can bounce to the outside, I agree with you. Um, I, I, don't, I don't feel strongly about either side because, you know, Dallas has the advantage in Cleveland. I have a, I have a big spreadsheet that I make every week in front of me. Um, Dallas has a lot of advantages and like some of the efficiency metrics. But like you guys said, like Cleveland's running game has been so good that this could potentially be that type of game where Cleveland takes like a nice like seven, seven and a half minute drive to get points. And then Dallas turns around and scores in like two and a half minutes. So do you favor like the slow paced offense in that game or do you favor the fast paced offense that's scoring so quickly? And I guess. My opinion has always been I favor the slower paced team because that's putting more pressure on the defense. 
of the Dallas Cowboys because they're constantly having to go out with less time to like recoup and recover than the Cleveland defense because the Cleveland defense can just give up one big play and then go back and adjust and do different things. Whereas the Dallas defense is going to be on the field a lot this game. Especially with that running game and, and with how banged up they are in the secondary, you know, Odell and, and Landry are going to be, you know, getting a lot of, a lot of open looks. So I don't, I, 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 I think I would be taking Cleveland plus four and a half as well, just because I think it's a close game again. So that that's that's where I'm there on that one. Dallas is 0-3 against the spread this year. Oh, I don't really? mean, I mean, if we're looking like specifically just this year, I'm not talking about anything that happened last year or anything, you know, before that. Are we looking at the exact same teams playing each other this week? Like, is there any difference between this, these teams this year? Um, I think there's a, I think there's a better philosophy in place at Cleveland. Uh, I think Dallas is the exact same team. I, I don't think Dallas has improved or outside of the injuries has declined at all, which is exactly why I picked them to go eight and eight this year. I just thought that they were the same team. That's not what I'm really talking. I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about, are these Two are these the same teams playing against each other? Oh, oh, okay. You now the Browns' defense is a lot better. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, huh? I, yeah, but I think the Dallas offense is a little better. This is just, true. Just from a consistency standpoint, like Dak Prescott's been slinging it all over the place, and do you trust? That's the other part of this. We know what happens if Baker Mayfield starts to get into a shoot into a shootout with a team. It doesn't end up. It doesn't end well. So I think that's going to be the the big thing is is can Cleveland limit it to not being a shootout? Okay, moving on. Uh, New Orleans in Detroit. Uh, New Orleans is favored by three with a fifty four point line. I I think I think New Orleans wins this game. Uh I think comfortably, but I would probably take the points in Detroit solely because of the injuries to Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins in the backfield. I know that yeah. they've committed a lot of penalties and that's been hurting the Saints, but they're still your two best corners. So, and we saw last week how big of a difference having Kenny Galladay back for Detroit can affect their offense. Like, that offense looked completely different with Kenny Galladay out there. So, I do think the Saints win this game just because they're better than the Detroit Lions are. But I think just because Detroit's offense now seems to be at full strength, I think they can keep the game close. But I th- I could see the new I could see the Saints leading like wire to wire and just having it be a close game. Mm-hmm. So, they have they have massive advantages across their uh, their receiving core, even if Michael Thomas doesn't play, because the Detroit defense has been utterly atrocious this year. So I think they have I think they have enough advantages across the board to get a win. Okay. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with that. Just fully. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, we can move on. I, I'm I'm on the Lions on this. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Seattle in Miami. Seattle favored by five with another fifty point fifty four point line. I'm, yeah. it, it, is it five? Yeah. Oh, I'm, that's easy, Seattle. That's yeah. Seattle all day. Fitzmagic isn't going to do it two weeks in a row. It just oh. doesn't happen like that. Less than a touchdown. Oh, absolutely. Seattle easy. all day, every day. Easy, easy. But we can all agree on that one. Oh, um, yeah. You have the Chargers in Tampa Bay. Tampa's favored by seven with a 42-and-a-half-point line. I'm kind of taking Tampa Bay in that game. And again, any over that is, or any total that isn't above 50, I'm taking it over on. I, I will say this, though. This is a sneaky game to go under though because if you think about what type of first of all the tampa bay defense is disgusting and they're going to shut down this chargers offense regardless of who the quarterback is but if you think about the way this chargers defense is built this is the type of defense that gives tom brady issues because they're gonna they never blitz you they're gonna get after you with four guys and even though I think Chris Harris is hurt, Chris Godwin is hurt. So you're going to end up with, um, you're going to end up with, oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The, the other corner for the Chargers, who's really good. Casey Hayward. You're going to end up with Casey Hayward playing a lot of man coverage on Mike Evans. And I don't know if there was going to be a game this weekend that, went under i think it would be this game because i think tampa's defense is just really good and the chargers offense is not good and then the chargers defense i think is the type of defense historically that does well against tom brady so i think tampa bay wins just because they're better and tom brady's gonna get make enough plays to to win the game but i would not be shocked at all if this is actually a very low scoring game for a plus two sixty money line, I, I would definitely take the Chargers to cover in a touchdown. But really, yeah, okay, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Especially in this low scoring game, I could definitely see them winning or covering. Covering, yeah, I think Tampa Bay wins, but the the line of seven, kind of in line with with what I said, yeah, I, I think. Again, when I'm when I'm thinking a game's going to be close, I usually go with the team getting the points. And I think this could be a a very very close game primarily because of the defenses in this game. All right. Uh favored by 14 points. <laughs> Which one? There's Ravens. two of them. Baltimore Ravens are favored uh to bounce back against the Washington football team. I think uh, I think this is a I I think this is an easy get for the Ravens, even though the spread's fourteen points, just because uh injuries are popping up for Washington football team. I might need to know Terry McLaurin. That's their lines beat up. I, I, Baltimore's gotta be Baltimore has to be and plus like an yeah, angry Baltimore game. Yeah. It's either they're either gonna come out really angry or I don't know, man. Like we saw what happened in to the Chargers when they had that game against the Chiefs where they could have won and they kind of blew it. I mean, they came out 
really, really flat against Carolina. There's a chance Baltimore can come out in this game and just feel. I don't want to say exhausted, but just feel so like. I don't want to say defeated, but they lost so resoundingly to the to the to the Chiefs. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a hangover from that and Washington can maybe keep it close enough that they don't lose by two touchdowns. But I, I can't see a situation where Washington is able to score enough to to keep this game close at all. Also, a strange thing, Baltimore, surprisingly this year, is not ranking particularly well in a lot of the efficiency metrics that they dominated last year, like EPA and EDSR, like they're near the bottom of the league. In aren't, both. They still, aren't they still top five EDSR? No, no, they are not. They are actually, I will, I'll, I'll double check that just to make sure, but I am pretty sure offensively, maybe, maybe like whole team, like when you factor in their defensive early down success rate, maybe they, maybe they crack the top five, but mm. here, if we go to, if I isolate, so I know this is taking a little while, but I, I was, isolate, I was, I was listening or looking into that a little bit. And like, cause I mean, obviously I wanted to check into the chiefs last I heard the chiefs were like eighth, but then like the number one team in EDSR currently is I'll let you while Kuiper's looking it up. I, I, I have it. I have it right here in front of me. So as of week, it is week three, right? Yeah, this is this is for week three. Early down success rate. Baltimore is 25th. That doesn't make sense. Wait, what about week four? Although they'd probably just be worse. We're in. We're, no, no, no. We're in. We haven't hit week four yet. This is week four. Right. So. Yeah, so so through three weeks, week one, week two, week three, Baltimore is twenty fifth. Read, read the top. Read the top five out to me. The top five: number one is the Rams. Number two is Green Bay. Number three is Seattle. Number four is Tennessee, and number five is Jacksonville. That's so weird. I wonder. Okay, so the list that I heard. The list that I heard had the top five as number one, the Vikings. Number two, uh, number two, I think was Jacksonville or Seattle. Three was Baltimore because I remember Kansas City was eight, and I, the Vikings were only at one because they're getting blown out that they just pass the ball all the time. Do you want to know what might what you might have seen? Huh. In the second half, if you if you get rid of the first two quarters, in the second half, Minnesota is fourth. Uh, that might have something to do with it, yeah. Because I, I at the time, because like I, it was like mind blowing that Minnesota was one, but then also because they they basically it basically are shit. They getting, end up getting blown out. it so much, so it's a little skewed. Now, yeah. now is that is that EDSR like based on passing only, or like does it include running and everything? Passing and running, passing and running. Because the Ravens. Okay, well, all right, whatever. All right, all right. Uh, now that we're past that, we have Arizona being favored in Carolina by three points with a fifty-two point line. Arizona, Arizona. It's easy. I think Arizona is far and away good enough to to pull away from Carolina. Without a Christian McCaffrey on the other side. Right. Totally. Oh, 
They should be, but uh, as I said with my hot take, without Christian McCaffrey, I almost feel like the Panthers are better because they actually spread the ball around. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think the I think the Panthers could be a sneaky play. One of the uh, few home favorites that we've had so far. Uh, Texans are favored by four against the Vikings, at, with the fifty-four point line. Man, this I, is. I don't take this game. Can can it can it be? I don't think it can be overstated how important this game is for both teams. Yeah, like both zero and three. Both got shellacked week one and two. Uh, both had really close games in week three. And each team has a team ahead of them in the in the division that's really pulling away from everybody. So, oh, man, I first yeah. of all, whatever the over is for this game, I'm taking it. What, it, it, what is it? It's 54 points. I think oh, in the 60s and I would have taken it. Oh, yeah. Like this is these are two of the worst defenses in the league. And it's funny because Houston uh, can't defend the run. And Minnesota is really good on the run. Like they have a, the highest tier advantage that I, when I put out, uh, when I fill out my little spreadsheet, uh, Minnesota has the highest tier of advantage in explosive runs. And Houston has the highest tier possible for explosive passing. Huh. So there's going to be, <laughs> there's, we have a chance for a lot of big runs from Dalvin cook. And then a lot of big passing plays from Deshaun Watson. Uh, for the for the line, I'm not touching this game. I have no I'm I don't trust either of these teams to to bet a line on them, but the total is like you said, Corey, I think it could get up into the sixties and I would take it. Um before we move on real fast, these teams are combined 0 and six as a record and a combined one and five against the spread. All right. Uh, Who was the one cover? Minnesota last week, right? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Rams are favored by 13 in LA against the Giants with a 48 point line. Rams. Yep. Rams are going to, Rams are going to annihilate the Giants. Easy. Like they may win, they may win by 30. The game that might not happen this week, Chiefs being favored by seven. In Kansas City against the Patriots. Not even gonna touch it because it's probably not gonna happen. Last, I I did just check on my phone. Um, it has been, as of right now, the game is being scheduled to be played on Tuesday. I can't see it getting played this week. This week. I don't. Th- if if that game is played on a Tuesday, the Chiefs will have to play three games in nine days: Tuesday, Sunday, Thursday. Oof. I can't that, be, with all these. Test still coming out positive from Tennessee. I can't see it being played this week. Um, all right. Buffalo being favored by three in Las Vegas at a 53-point line. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, I think, for sure. But there are a lot of things. I don't know oh, if it's because is... just, just looking at my like my sheet. I'm sorry, Matt. But like looking at my sheet, Buffalo's got... I mean, I'm sorry. Vegas has a lot of advantages in this game like epa they have an advantage early down success rate they have an advantage they're passing things uh which is explosive passing pressure uh the problem is i don't think and i know i'm sure justin you talked about this in the in the injury report vegas just has no healthy receivers right like none 
Well, they're, they're starting so, to get better. Actually, I think the only notable receiver that's out is uh, Henry Ruggs this week. They have one other guy, but he's uh, he's like I think their fourth string. So Jesus, it, uh, it, it's real interesting because um, a, a stat that I was reading actually uh, last night while I was on like my lunch. So it's probably a little fuzzy because I, I I was in the middle of work and then slept. But there's something like uh, Josh Allen. Is it's kind of like what do you take? Is Josh Allen is something like ten and two, or or maybe even greater than that against the spread in his last like you know fourteen starts? Or he's like nine three and two against the spread in his last fourteen starts, but he's also like two and was it? Two and eight or two and ten in his last uh, twelve starts, where he's traveled out west. So, like, which, which Josh Allen do you get? Uh, probably an exciting one. <laughs> Whichever it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. All right, uh, Sunday night game. Forty ers are favored by seven against Philadelphia. Why is this game still on Sunday night? Why is this game not? Why is this game not been flexed out? With all the injuries, I'm going to say Philadelphia covers. Yeah. 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 When, um, how many more games, just as a quick, quick aside for Philly, how many more games could, can Carson Wentz play this way and Doug Peterson not pull him? I think we might start seeing some Jalen Hurts packages. Yeah. Um, Coming up real soon. Yeah. I, I think, they, I think he still gets a few more weeks. Yeah. Second half of the season, we'll see some Jalen Hurt packages. Yo, when the season's like officially lost, is when they're going to throw Hurts in. Uh, might be the best game this week, just for lack of better option. Uh, we got Green Bay favored by seven against the Falcons in Green Bay with a fifty-six and a half point line. Going to take the Packers on this. The Falcons are going to melt the fuck down. I still, uh, still what? I, I I like the Falcons to cover this game. Um, uh, there's Green Bay's losing a lot of their offensive weapons, uh, and Falcons are still, despite melting down in the second half, they're still scoring a lot. I'll I'll ask the the question that maybe we have to ask every week now, which is how much would the Falcons need to be up? Against Green Bay in the second half and not blow the game. Four touchdowns. <laughs> Straight up, four touchdowns. You're t- you need. They would need a twenty-eight point 28 lead in point the second lead. half. Yes, the way the the way the Green Bay offense has been running, they would have to have a twenty-eight point lead. I mean, roughly, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah, Green Bay's Green Bay's offense it has been just it's even without Devonte Adams. Been great. Well, yeah. even without Devontae Adams, but now they're losing their second receiver. That's been a big reason why they've been scoring uh, a lot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're, pretty it, much gonna, rely, you're pretty much relying on your run game, so you have to get up early. It's going to be a big, because of the Alan Lazard injury, it's going to be really... I mean, if Devontae Adams doesn't play, I think it can really swing the way this game can go. But at the same time, I feel like Green Bay might be tempted to not have Devontae Adams play because next week is their bye week. Yeah. So if right. you want to guarantee that he's going to be healthy, 
then you don't play him and you wait, you know, give him the this week, give him the bye week, and then he comes back in week six. Right. But at the same time, you don't have out like who who else are you gonna put out there? Like you still want to win. I don't know. Especially we'll if, yeah, especially with being deadlocked with Chicago at the top. All right. Um sorry to cut this off, but I am constrained on time. And uh that, yeah, that that's the last game, right, Corey? Yep, it is. It. All right, I, I got to sign us off, boys. Uh, follow us on Twitter.com slash FADPOD, Patreon.com slash FADPOD. Give us some likes and shit. Share that shit around. I'm enjoying this reboot, and I'm having a fun time. I hope you guys are, too. Okay, bye. We'll see you on Monday. Bye, everybody. Bye. Everybody. bye.